The Pace Line Podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health conscious people get special life insurance rates. Go to healthiq.com forward slash paceline to support the show and learn more. And the Pace Line is supported by LAL Cycling. The coast is calling. LAL Shore Collection embodies the spirit and style of the California coast. All LAL products are crafted right here in Southern California for shipment worldwide. Now on to the show. On the Pace Line, we talk about the wrong way to lose weight. And then in the middle of the night, uh, I was awoken by a gurgling belly. And you can pretty well guess what happened after that. <laughs> so what do you think was the offending uh, food item? You know, that's the crazy part. I have absolutely no idea. And we catch up with an ambassador for World Bicycle Relief who tells us why a heavy bike is the best bike. They weigh 50 pounds, and there's a reason they weigh 50 pounds, so that they can be durable, so they can endure the kinds of roads that these kids and these people have to ride on. I mean, these are dirt roads or... Or if you think, I don't even know if I can call it a road. Paceline, the podcast on two wheels with Patrick, Hottie, and Fatty. We're show number 95, and we are down to the last couple episodes of the year, although we will, in fact, be recording for your post-Christmas pleasure, and I've got a couple of tandem episodes coming up as well. I'll talk a little bit more about them soon, but how are you guys doing? Better. (laughs) Better. Ooh, that well, sounds ominous. That means, we'll talk more yeah, about that. That means you were worse at one time. Uh, distinctly. <laughs> distinctly. Oh, before, before we get into that, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on, of course, Red Kite Prayer, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else, like on Stitcher and 8-Track Tapes. Uh, uh, and be sure you add in the laugh track on that one, if you would, Hottie. <laughs> <laughs> There, we did it for you. Yeah. That was uh, the eerie silence after that gag, kind of, that, that uh, frankly, it, it, it knocked me a little sideways. <laughs> but you know what? We got a good review recently, and I wanted to read it. Uh, we love good reviews, and we delete the ones that aren't. No, I don't think we even can, but. No. Latest review from uh, Swiss Nate uh, gives us the title, Great Ensemble Cast. I'm a new subscriber to this podcast, but I was hooked when Phil Guyman sat in. Uh, that was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Also, the episode tandem number two was eye-opening. I have wondered if bikes could be adapted for more people by applying technology. Decker sounds like an awesome kid. You guys should check back in with him in a few years. I think that is a fantastic idea. And I love yeah. reviews like this. We have to encourage more people to have... Well, A, to write good reviews <laughs> and uh, also do our thinking for us. We, we do need to check in with Decker in a little while and see what kind of progress he has made. That kid is, in fact, very awesome. So let's get on to the very important question for right now. Every week on the Paceline, we conduct extremely important research into cycling culture and riding techniques and this week, the VIQ is a very simple one. What is the best bike-centric song of all time? 
Hadi, what do you think that the correct answer is? What do I think the correct answer is? Yes. Uh, well, are you asking me personally, or do what, how do I think uh, the patient listeners will respond? You're overanalyzing uh, this. Okay, I know, as usual. <laughs> I mean, I think no, they'll what, go what with... What do you think the right answer is? You know, I mean, queen. How could they not go with queen, right? I mean, isn't that you, the one that pops in your head? I, I'm, you, I, I, I don't have a favorite. I don't think, I, I don't think there's a good bike song out there that's directly about cycling. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. How about you, Patrick? I'm partial to Queen. Uh, I, I love that song. I've never stopped loving it. I've never gotten tired of it. So, um. Now there's this other great song, Katie Lu- Malua's uh, Five Million Bicycles, uh, that is also really nice, but hmm. next to nobody ever has ever heard of it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fatty, yeah. I used so the he- I used the Queen song once in a story I did on bike commuting. Here. I'll do it. I want to ride my Less than two percent of us commute by bike, and there's a pretty good reason why it's not more. Oh, cut me off. Bike to work week. Thank you. He's on his cell phone too. Twice a week, I bike to work. Yeah. Old man in a Mercedes. Pedaling through a town where the car is king. Always kind of peering over my shoulder, looking to see if anybody's coming in behind me and then keeping your eyes ahead too. See who's gonna pull out, like this guy right here. Hey there, hey. Bicycle, bicycle. Always be careful of buses. See, so you just. It's an easy song to use in a, in a feature piece like that. That's, that actually won an award. You know, because I grabbed the most obvious song out there and put it to a story about bike commuting. So, but it, it, Patrick's perfect. right. It, it is a classic. I think Queen's done, Patrick, wouldn't you agree? A, a number of songs in their, in, their, in their library are much better than that one in particular. But it's nonetheless, you know, one that comes right to your head. Well, readers and listeners seem to agree with the two of you. Uh, out of the options I provided, 52% replied with uh, Queen Bicycle Race as being the bike, the best bike-centric song of all time. 22% went with my preference, which is Kraftwerk's Tour de France, which I maintain is a better song for riding because you actually find your own breath syncing up with the, with the breathing cadence in that song. And I think that is just awesome. It is a it is a song that makes you ride faster, and it has the feel of the Tour de France, if you ask me. Four mm. percent uh, went with some obscure novelty song, which is you know, uh, songs like Performance or I don't know. There's there's a number of them. You know the YouTube video songs out there. And then 22% said, really? There are only two choices? And that is really the thing. It's There are only two songs, maybe one and a half, because probably most people who have not ever been you know, into biking even know about the Kraftwerk song. But why so few songs about bikes, man? That just doesn't seem right. But enough about the very important question, unless you guys have deep thoughts. Oh. Not on this, no. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to hear the rest of that segment, uh, Hottie. You know what you ought to do mm. if you if you can, post that at the end of this uh, this episode of the podcast. I'd like to hear the whole thing. Okay. The, awesome. the whole thing. Hey. I'll send it the to whole you. Thing. How about that? No, <laughs> I, I I guarantee you, everyone wants to hear that. Mm. Put it on. All right. If you, hey, it's award winning, man. It's going to be the first award winning thing <laughs> that this podcast has ever done. <laughs> so, 
I I want it. Put it on there. So <laughs> let's get on to today's holiday spectacular episode of The Pace Line. Patrick, I understand that you have some holiday weight loss techniques for the desperate. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know how anyone can deliberately implement said technique. It's uh, um, food poisoning. Oh. <laughs> Patrick is recording from his bathroom today. <laughs> <laughs> no, fortunately it is past now, uh, but that's only because I passed everything I could pass. You keep saying pass, and I'm feeling uncomfortable about that. Well, that would make two of us. <laughs> so tell me what happened. Uh, went out for my birthday Sunday night. Uh, went to a pretty delightful dinner, actually, as it were. Um, had um, I had the truffle oil mac and cheese, and I also had the bacon-wrapped dates with blue cheese, and I brought along a really nice bottle of Pinot and had one little slice of one of my son's pizzas. Uh, mm. they, they had these great cheese pizzas that were like 12 inches in diameter for five bucks each. Uh, I thought, wow, I'm going to bring my kids here more often. Um, and everything went great and we got home. And then in the middle of the night, uh, I was awoken by a gurgling belly. And you can pretty well guess what happened after that. So what do you think was the offending uh, food item? You know, that's the crazy part. I have absolutely no idea because uh, Shauna, my wife, had some issues as well, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and the only thing that we had in common that we ate uh, was one of the pizzas that one of the boys also ate. And, you know, kids are struck down faster than adults. And the kids were both fine. Hmm. So we can't figure it out. I think it was the booze, man. Yeah, well, she didn't drink my Pinot. She had Chardonnay. Oh, man. Okay, well, so how much weight did you lose? Uh, about three pounds. <laughs> and have you kept it off? Um, well, the way I ate late last night, maybe not. <laughs> Well, dude, if you're going to lose weight that way, the most painful way you can lose weight and then don't even keep it off. What's even the point? Mm. Why do you even bother getting uh, food poisoning? Um, you know, I went to a whole I'm lot of trouble. I'm asking hard questions, aren't I? <laughs> I, I got to say, I did go to a whole lot of trouble. Uh, not intentionally, but it was, you could say I went to a whole lot of trouble. Yes, yes, you did. So are we actually advocating this? I I was thinking that there is a business model here. It's like we can start shipping people fish, um, and <laughs> it's fresh when we send it, and you just eat it when you get it, right? <laughs> we'll ship sushi to you. Know, you don't know for sure you. it's going to make you sick, but, you know, sooner or later you will, and then... Uh, so then you can go ahead and pay us for each pound you lose. So we ship out California rolls, and when they get to Mississippi, they're Mississippi uh -huh. rolls? Mm. <laughs> oh, man. This seems like a good idea to me. What? Uh, <laughs> but you know what? I am uh, 
the desperation weight loss. Uh, I'm I'm about ready to do this. I tell you what, um, I'm into my fat pants, guys, and um, the skinny jeans are are months behind me. The any training that I'm doing is insignificant, and I am feeling like I have got to do something. But it is so hard, you know, d- during this this dis- month of December, when you are, you know, all of your big events are behind you for the year and your plans for the following year seem like forever away. And it, here in Utah, the air is gunky. We have an inversion mm-hmm. that is keeping, you know, all of the crud right in the valley. And it is just. Uh, you know, you know that any dieting that you do is going to be to no effect because there's always another party and some neighbor dropping off salted caramel chocolates <laughs> that are just delicious and wonderful. Uh, and, you know, they're not going to eat themselves, um, although it would be cool if they did. And they wouldn't taste as good. Just n- <laughs> you're not going to lose a lot of weight this time of year. <laughs> I am. I am very likely – going to close out 2017 25 pounds heavier than uh, when I finished the race at Leadville. Hmm. And I am not kidding. It is so easy when you're nicknamed fatty to get fat. Well, maybe the idea is not to lose weight this time of year, but just to, you know, be reasonable with the weight gain. Admit the fact that you're going to gain weight. It's going to happen. I mean, look, where I work now, they have... Donut Friday, and of course, I have a donut. Of course, Donut Friday usually rolls into Monday or Tuesday. Donuts seem to always show up there. And then it's the holidays this time of year, so people are baking and bringing things in. And it's kind of a free-for-all buffet of carbohydrates and fats and sugars that are just sitting there. And of course, you're burning through mental energy so fast at work that you're throwing anything in you. And then my lame excuse (laughs) is, well, I rode to work, so... I can have the bagel with a glob of, you know, full fat cream cheese on it. Yeah, the eight mile ride to work, like that's going to cut that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, I think the idea is, you know, just look, enjoy all that stuff, eat the bacon wrap dates and the kids' pizza, pizza, and the, what else was there, Patrick? A very rich, rich dinner you had there, and the bottle of Pinot. That's fine, but maybe instead of the bottle, you drink, you know, three quarters of it. Maybe instead of four dates, you eat two of them, you know, Um, but still try to enjoy all that stuff and just give in to the fact that there's going to be some extra poundage when you come out of winter. What's wrong with that? Oh, I'm giving into it. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) the problem with it is that I can, that nothing but my sweats fit anymore. (laughs) And even those, I'm feeling like I had to unbutton. Oh boy. Okay. You know what? That does it. On January 2nd, I am starting a diet. I bet I'm the only one to have ever said that. Huh? Yeah, right. We ought, to have a, we ought to have a paceline weight loss contest. Oh, no. You get in. Oh, yeah. Oh, you did this with uh, your friends on Facebook. It was crazy. I know. And it went so good. It did? It's. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All three of us wound up uh, at a fantastic race weight. When uh, we got into racing season, all three of us succeeded. So he- here was the idea behind it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you were right when you bet 
that this episode is going to go longer than an hour. <laughs> By the way, Adi, I can feel it already. But the idea behind it was it had to hurt if you missed a weigh-in date or if you went over. So if you didn't do a weigh-in, you got one mulligan per year. And if you went over your projected weight for you know your goal for the following week, then you had to pay $100, which was split among other con- other contestants. And $100 was a good amount. And, you know, so you're risking $100 every week. Um, and that's an amount that hurts yeah. enough that anytime you go to the fridge for some, you know, non-mealtime eating, y- you thought about it. You're like, hey, uh, these donuts could be costing me a hundred bucks, you know, 20 bucks. You kind of, you know, that's enough that it maybe hurts a little bit. hundred bucks hurts a lot. I think, um, I think the other two guys each had to pay once. I never had to pay a single time during the entire, uh, the entire season. I got down to like into the 155, 158. So yeah, of course I'm back. And so what could it do me? Well, the the funny thing was like, when you started last year, you were heavier than me. And I was thinking, you know, if I lose a little bit of weight and kind of keep up with him, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. And you got to your race weight and I was at pretty much the same weight I had been at when you started. And I'm at pretty much the same weight I was <laughs> this time last year. No, I was actually lighter this time last year. But when you started your diet last spring, uh, I was at pretty much this weight. And so while I was nearly suicidal last summer, when you hit your race weight, I'm now feeling much, much better about myself. (laughs) But, uh, I, I, I have no response to that. (laughs) Oh man, the yo-yo weight guy. It, It is so fun to be me. You know what guys? This is getting me down. I want to get on to more cheerful holiday topics. And I have a really good one on the flip side of this word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more of The Pace Line. Chances are, if you're listening to this, you're a cyclist. And because you're a cyclist, you can save up to 25.5% on your life insurance by purchasing it through Health IQ. In addition to all the usual information you give for insurance, such as age, gender, height, weight, and nicotine use, the amount of riding you do each week is considered, and you can take quizzes that may reduce your payments further. It turns out that knowing what it takes to be fit has its own value. Health IQ knows that people who ride have an 18% lower risk of heart disease, a 28% lower risk of overall mortality, and a 45% lower risk of cancer. So drop by healthiq.com forward slash paceline podcast to get your free no obligation quote. (laughs) 
And the Pace Line is back with Patrick, Hottie, and Fatty. It's the season of giving, and World Bicycle Relief is my favorite charity to give to. Uh, I have a good friend. Uh, his name is Jan Berteau. He is uh, one of the ambassadors for World Bicycle Relief, and he recently got back from Africa where he saw the results of some of the fundraising that he has done. Uh, here's a little interview that he and I had just yesterday. Jan, welcome to the Pace Line. How are you doing, man? Great. Thanks for having me, Eldon. Absolutely. Now, you and I are like practically separated at birth. We're similar riders, <laughs> a couple of guys who are heavier, who have worked very hard to become more racer types. And another thing we have in common is we both love World Bicycle Relief and what it has done. Yeah. Now, this year, you have been an ambassador for World Bicycle Relief. Tell our listeners a little bit about what it is and what it's like to be an ambassador. So World Bicycle Relief provides bikes to children in Africa mostly, but they also provide bikes in uh, South America and Asia. And mostly the stu there are students, and 70% are girls, so it allows them to get to and from school in a lot shorter time than it would for them to walk to school. And typically a walk is two hours or more and reduces that walk to a 45-minute bike ride, maybe even less. So that allows them to stay in school, which is perfect for girls. And since I have a 16-year-old daughter myself, so. Yeah, yeah. That's another way we're similar. I have uh, twin 16-year-old daughters. And I think about this, that exact same thing, that if my kids uh, had to spend two hours in their commute to school walking, you know, walking multiple yeah. miles each way yeah. each day and then when they had to get and when they got home they had to go and fetch water from a well that might be a mile away and had to grind corn you know all and you know uh, take care of the chickens there just literally would be no time to exactly. take care of staying in school and doing the homework and you just run out of energy there's only so much you can do in a day that's exactly right and yeah. while, while we love bikes uh a bike for these girls is the difference between staying in school and having a better life because they have education and not, to be honest. Exactly. Right? That's excellent. exactly right. Huge and game changer. Huge game changer. And I saw it firsthand when I was in Africa back in October. So Yeah, and, and, and I want to talk about that. Tell us a little bit about what you saw while you were in Africa, uh, what World Bicycle Relief was doing and what uh, what you were able to witness. So the, the biggest day for me was, and this is why I've been doing all this fundraising this past year, was to do the bike distribution at a local school, high school. Actually, it's more middle school, high school type. And we distributed 173 bikes to 173 kids. Wow. Um, it was, and Eldon, you've done this a few years back. And mm -hmm. as you described it way back then, that was an amazing experience. And to me, it was an amazing experience, and just talking about it right now, I'm getting shivers. I'm watching my hair stand on end on my on my arms. Um, it was the most amazing experience seeing all these kids getting bikes, uh, and then actually riding back with one of the girls back to her house, if you can even call it a house. It was more of a shack. Yeah. Um, and you know, it took us 45 minutes to get to her house, and I actually asked her as we were riding back to her house, which is actually uphill how long it normally takes her to get home. And to, she told us about two over two hours. 
Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, ima- I was imagining, you know, a four, like you said, a four hour walk, uh, you know, in one day just to get to and from school, uh, just un unimaginable to me and, you know, how tired she must've been. And especially in the afternoon when it's hot and all that, uh, it was just amazing. And then getting to her house and seeing her parents and her three siblings, uh, that are younger than her. Um, it was just an amazing, humbling experience no, you know, seeing, seeing the way these people live and what they're, you know, and thinking about all the stuff that we have and that they don't have and made, made me realize we have so much stuff that we really don't need. You know, I mean, this, this family had no running water, no electricity, except for a uh, solar, small solar panel to power a 12 volt car battery to power a small 12 inch fluorescent tube above their living room. And that's better than what uh, many of the folks there do have. I, I, I saw people who had similar setups, but nothing but kerosene lamps. right? Right. And you know, that is, that's a, a rough kind of light to have to do your homework by. Exactly. Um, you know, but all of that aside, it, the, you know, a, a bike, while it doesn't turn their life into, you know, the life of luxury that exactly. we basically live, right. it does make it possible for them to do a lot more, go to school and then have a, a, a you know, a double you know, or triple the radius of job opportunities. That they That's would have exactly right. Had, That's right? exactly right. Not yep. to mention, you know, going and getting water, going to the store, going to get medicine, going to take care, you know, take care of the neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, the things you can do just by having transportation matters. Tell um, and there are a couple of other things I want you to describe as bike guys. Of course, we're interested in bike gear. Tell us a little bit about the the bikes that World Bicycle Relief has. So these bikes are super durable. I mean, they are they're amazing. Bomb-proof. Yeah. They're bombproofs, yes. I mean, <laughs> they weigh 50 pounds, and there's a reason they weigh 50 pounds, so that they can be durable, so they can endure the kinds of roads that these kids and these people have to ride on. I mean, these are dirt roads, or or if you think, I don't even know if I can call them a road. I mean, some of these, like this was a trail that we had to ride up to our house, and yeah, yes, you know, like a really nice mountain bike could probably handle it well, but yeah, with gears and stuff like that, it'd be fine. But, you know, these kids, you know, they may throw the bike down or the bike may fall over and bend the derailleur and then the bike is no longer functional. So these are single speed bikes Mm -hmm. and they are so amazingly well built. In fact, one of the guys that was on this trip with me, he actually rode one of those Buffalo bikes to South Africa from Zambia. Mm -hmm. He just finished the ride last week. So he rode 2,200 miles on a Buffalo bike. Bike camping. <laughs> so. It's pretty impressive. And these bikes, I mean, they cost $147 each, yeah. um, which we'll get to in just a second. But um, that is a bike that can hold two adults and exactly. frequently do hold two adults or an adult and an adult's weight worth of cargo, right? They, exactly. they load yeah. these things up and they yeah. have super sturdy uh, uh packs or i'm a super sturdy racks i meant to say yeah and they they have coaster brakes single speed um and in uh, and in every other way are sort of designed to have as few uh moving parts as possible no right. cables uh at least, nothing, at least number of failures possible yeah make it so they're easy to repair and exactly. uh, don't require a lot of tools that's so, right 
Um, I mean, these these are cheap bikes, but they're the intersection of cheap and strong and really well made to endure a lot of use because these really do get a lot of use. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have had an extraordinarily successful year in fundraising for World Bicycle Relief. How much have you raised so far? So as of yesterday, I raised thirty nine thousand five hundred by. Uh, dollars and that's that is since uh april 1st basically so how, how many bikes is that that <laughs> is a lot of bikes it is uh 268 bikes wow so far so and my goal is to hit 40,000 um you know we're so close to that point right now which is amazing i, I mean when you if you'd asked me when i started being ambassador last beginning of this year if i was going to hit 40 i didn't even think i was going to hit 10 or even $12,000 so that was an amazing uh amazing undertaking i've hit up a lot of friends and family and coworkers um and everybody's been <laughs> extremely generous. Lots of people have actually donated multiple times. That is a, uh, that is a lot is really of generosity amazing. from a lot yes. of, from a lot of people. Yes. That is that's fantastic. Yeah. And you were so close to forty thousand dollars. I would bet you that there are a couple of paceline listeners who will bump you over the top. Tell us how so. uh, tell us how people can get to your donation page and uh, what a donation will buy so the first part as you asked is my donation page is a short uh, url and it's http colon slash slash bit dot ly slash wbr paceline um, and a donation of 147 dollars will basically provide one bike to one person as usually a student mm-hmm. um, a $25 donation will provide a spare wheel set uh, that a mechanic can give out to a student who breaks a wheel. Or a $50 donation will actually uh, give a mechanic a tool set. So the other thing that WBR does, which is really awesome, is they provide training to local mechanics. So they it's not like you're going to have some foreign person that's living in a really nice house and nice bike shop that's going to fix your bike. It's actually a local guy lives probably in the village uh, where you live, where this person lives and will have somebody be able to fix their bikes for them. Yeah. So it's all locally, you know, it helps everybody locally, which is what's amazing about the uh, World Bicycle Relief Program. Yeah. They really (laughs) seem to have thought through making this as local and making it so it fits into the local economy as possible. The, The bikes are built in, Zambia. I mean, they have a, you know, there are people who are trained and build and learn a skill doing that. There are exactly there yep. are mechanics that uh, learn a trade so that they can do that. And then, of course, the bikes themselves wind up, you know, furthering education and so forth. So they really are a, a more of a catalyst to the economy than something that acts as sort of a, 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 a something that tries to fill in the cracks of the economy. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's so amazing about this program. I mean, it, it really helps a lot of different people that you know, in need. You know, not just students, but, you know, somebody who wants to be a mechanic or have a job, you know, and, and it, lead, it could lead to something else down the road for them as well, which is what's so amazing about it. Yep. 
and it's uh, it's the holiday, Christmas, the time of year when people think a little bit about doing something nice for someone else. This yeah. is a way where you are for sure going to make a big difference. I mean, a, a big and permanent difference, not just in one person's life, but in all of the people's lives who surround that person. That's um, exactly. Yeah, obviously, you know, it's you and me preaching to the preaching to another preacher. But um, (laughs) but uh, everyone I've ever met who has seen the good WBR does uh, is a becomes a believer. So one more time, I'll say it. It is bit.ly slash WBR paceline. B-I-T dot L-Y slash W-B-R paceline. Easy to remember. Jan, you've been an amazing ambassador for W-B-R. Congratulations on your incredible fundraising. So that's Jan Berto, and he is the W-B-R fundraising ambassador. Raised almost $40,000 within a couple hundred of that. If you have a couple of bucks, donate it. You'll help get some girl in Africa on a bike and to school and back from school and you will change a life. It is not a small thing. And one really nice thing that we didn't talk about in that interview is right now there are anonymous donors who are matching dollar for dollar everything that goes in to World Bicycle Relief. So if you donate $147 to buy a bike for a kid in Africa, another $147 will be anonymously donated And magically, you have made it so that there are two bikes and more lives being changed. Uh, Guys, uh, I've been with World Bicycle Relief for a number of years, and I am super impressed with what Jan is doing. And, you know, I hope to see more people uh, getting behind this very worthy charity. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on to the news and some good news, I would say. Uh, that you might have for us regarding Dave Toll. Yeah, Dave Toll, we talked about him uh, last week. Um, so this is kind of a follow-up to the story we brought you about, Dave. Uh, the superstar cycling announcer is now out of the hospital, thankfully, after being treated for pancreatitis. Remember, he went into the hospital, guys, thinking he had some type of just bad stomach problem. But the doctor said, nope, sir, you've got a much bigger problem than that, and it's going to cost you a lot more. But Dave is happily now out. And by the way, he recorded a message to all the folks, all the supporters out there, all the folks who love hearing his voice. And let's have a listen to Dave. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Boulder, Colorado. Dave Toll here. Man, do I miss you all. It's been a long couple of weeks. I had a pancreatic episode, basically had to go into ICU for a week. Uh, I was in there even longer than that, but in ICU for a week. And it was really all about blood sugar and me not taking care of myself. So definitely I have learned some huge lessons here. I'm a diabetic, a type one diabetic now. And so these are some big life changes that I'm gonna be having to deal with. But I can tell you one thing for sure, I wouldn't be able to deal with them without your help out there. You guys have been absolutely amazing. One of the coolest moments I had when I came to in the hospital was hearing from my mom and hearing that our friend, and thank you again, Bill, Bill Marshall, setting up a GoFundMe account that so many of you gave to, and it's going to just make a huge difference in my life. So thank you very, very much for your support. Know that I'm getting better. My attitude is great. I've had 
tremendous friends already that have been uh, joining me and making sure I'm not alone here in Boulder. And I'll be back up to speed before you know it. And I'm really looking forward to a strong 2018 season, and there's no reason to think that won't happen. So with your support, I know I can do anything. Thank you. All right, good to hear from Dave there, and you know what a stand-up oh, yeah. guy too. I mean, he pretty much says, "Look, I I got to do better for myself here." He's not afraid to admit that you know some of this is him. He's got to watch himself a little bit. He's not in perfect health, uh, but I think another one of the lessons here, guys, that we're picking up on is the need for health insurance for a lot of folks in this industry. I mean, Dave is popular enough that a GoFundMe account can raise the thirty grand or so he needed in this case. But Patrick, I imagine you know what countless folks who are working in cycling who would be devastated by the simplest of health issues. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when my youngest was born, uh, he spent six weeks in the NICU and we were staring at a bill that was going to be six figures. And, you know, it was one of those things I was trying to figure out how I was going to mortgage myself uh, to be able to pay for it. We were able to apply for a program uh, within Kaiser that actually took care of the bill for us. But we went through, I want to say, like seven different approval stages. Um, and sometimes the answer was yes. Sometimes the answer was no. And then we'd suddenly get a yes and we'd move on to the next thing. And it was scary as hell. And so, I, you know, I, I, I feel for him, you know, because mm-hmm. this isn't a bill that just went away because he applied to some program. So, uh, yeah, I, I know a lot of people who are underemployed or, you know, undercompensated and uh it's it's a scary time especially with what's going on with our taxes right right and this is half the reason the bicycle mechanics association got going not only to get those guys trained and get those guys certified as mechanics but also help them with things like this like health insurance because too often employers come up short on this end and and it's right here in our industry, folks. And I think Dave Toll is a, a living example, thankfully, a living example of that. Uh, a couple of French judges are looking into an alleged high-level conspiracy of mechanical doping. This report first appeared in the newspaper Le Canard et Chaunet, which translated means, I'm not kidding here, the chained duck. <laughs> the report says, wait, wait, I'm not wait. kidding. Wait, the chained duck? <laughs> yeah, the chained duck. Le canard et chaunet. The chained duck. That's where this report first uh, appeared. The report says the judges are following a money trail that could link teams, bike companies, cycling officials, and, of course, top riders. Claims of putting motors in bikes are nothing new. Fabian Conchalara has been dogged by rumors ever since winning the Flanders-Roubaix double. And in the debut of this very show, we focused on the topic of mechanical doping. Femke Vendedrich, she was caught, remember, having an engineer bike at U23 Worlds. But guys, the more I hear about these allegations, why the less I believe in them. Where do you guys stand? What do you guys think of mechanical dope? Is this really happening? Do we need judges chasing down riders and teams and companies? I'm all for letting them chase it. Chase it all you want, okay? Investigate all you want. You know, and then when you find it, report on it problem solved right mm, yeah. and i just don't think they're going to find much a lot of these charges and accusations would require massive collusion on the part of the bike manufacturers or wheel manufacturers you know like charges that there were uh, magnets inside of zip wheels that allowed 
you know, a, a, a motor to turn and stuff. And it's like, Zip isn't going to take that kind of oper- uh, that kind of chance or risk uh, with their reputation. Yeah. And, you know, unless Zip gets involved, you're not going to be able to produce a Zip wheel with those magnets because nobody else has the molds, has the technology to pr- produce the wheel. Because remember, we're still talking about rim brake wheels. You can't just go get some piece of crap, open mold, Taiwanese wheel and do this. You have to have the cooperation of a manufacturer. Um, there are only a handful of frames out there that will uh, that will take the motor that uh, drives the uh, the worm drive bottom bracket. Um, you know, you got to have a frame that's big enough for that. And as frames get lighter and whatnot, there's less and less space to work with down there. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think it's it's happening to the degree that people think it is. Um, but you know. We see what happened when they weren't investigating EPO the way we wanted them to back in the 1990s. So I say investigate the hell out of this. Yeah, investigate before it does become an issue, if it is an issue at all. At least if you've got enforcement out there and you're looking strong and you're looking like you can catch people, that should act as a deterrent before something like this can even get started. Because, look, we we know where the writers are. We know where their morals stand, right? These are the same guys that take their blood out and put it back in themselves and put all kinds of chemicals in themselves. It wouldn't be beyond them to try something weird like this, but it's the companies. I think you're right, Patrick. They're the real buffer here, and they're the ones really with something at risk because they will be the ones standing long after, or not standing, long after these riders come and go, uh, cheat or not. So uh, I think you've hit the the nail on the head there that these companies have way too much to risk, way too much at risk to let something like this happen. Um, I mean, consider this, you know, Alberto Contador gets popped for doping. He's sponsored by Specialized. Specialized still has plausible deniability, you know, that they mm-hmm. had any knowledge. You know, it it's hard to charge that they were involved in any way. As soon as you have a motor inside a bike, uh, the plausible deniability on the part of the bike manufacturer uh, really pretty much evaporates. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Tour of Flanders... My favorite one-day classic, maybe my favorite race on the calendar, has formally invited Lance Armstrong to the race this spring. Armstrong will be the keynote speaker at the first-ever Tour of Flanders Business Academy. The Academy is an event backed by the Flanders promoter and organizer, Wouter Vanderhout. Here's uh, what Wouter had to say. He says, I have felt for many years now that he, meaning Lance, was above all punished for his arrogance. I met Lance Armstrong in Washington last October and found him to be a chastened man who has made peace with his fate. Of course, we in cycling, sport, need to continue making every effort, blah, 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 to combat doping. Yeah, right, whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, the last event, Armstrong tried to do something with, uh, it was a race, ended with a threat from USADA. It was the Colorado Classic. Uh, The Classic had to sever ties to Armstrong because his presence was deemed a violation of his ban from competitive cycling. Now, no details have been released on the Tour of Flanders Business Academy, but this sounds kind of familiar, like the Academy has something to do with the race. And, you know, bringing Armstrong on board to be a speaker would seem like he'd there'd be an issue there with his lifetime ban. Whatever, they'll have to sort that out. Guys, uh, Fatty, if you could invite any current, any living current or former professional cyclist to be on the show, for instance, 
to be a guest speaker. Who would it be, and where does Lance Armstrong fit on that list? Andy Hampston, mm. uh, easy choice. Um, and honestly, I don't think he would necessarily say no. So let's get him on this podcast for crying out loud. And where would Armstrong fit on the list? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say I would leave Armstrong off the list no matter what. Okay. Um, he is entirely successful at promoting himself and doesn't need our help. And I don't think that we have – you know, honestly, I don't have any questions to ask him. So okay. um, I, I guess it's it's almost that simple. And I don't mean that in the in the way of, you know, someone who, you know, once had a friendship relationship with him at all. It's just honestly what's left to say with that man. Hmm. Okay. Patrick, who's your who's your ultimate living guest, former or current cyclist? Pee Wee Herman. Oh, wait. Ah, oh, excellent. No. I like that. Uh, no, Eddie Merckx. Eddie Merckx. Eddie Merckx. Do you think yeah. he's, uh, you know, when I've heard Eddie interviewed, I don't uh, hear a guy revealing himself as much as I'd like. Do you think you could draw it out of him? Well, that's the thing. I'd love the chance. Uh, he's an exceedingly opaque character. Yeah. Um, he, I won't say he was given to a lot of introspection, but there were moments Um and certainly he was tortured in an existential way. You know, there are stories of him basically walking off the podium and getting tense, worried about the next race that he had to perform in. Um, and so, you know, if nothing else, it would be fun to ask him a bunch of questions about his 1972 season where he just kicked ass all year long. Didn't finish out of the top 10 in, I want to say, the last something like the last month of that season and then went and broke the hour record. I, you know, I'd, I'd really love a chance to talk with him about that and see, you know, what he recalls of that period of time and what was going through his mind. Um, I, I you know, it was just, it's, it's a, a pretty extraordinary human feat. His, his kind of August to uh, October uh, run there. Mm-hmm. All right, Fatty, that will wrap up the news for uh, Show 95 again. Uh, we'll be back with some more news in our next episode. Way to make it interesting. Very nice. So tell me, Patrick, yeah, what's going on at RKP? Well, the Chris Froome thing has been bugging me. Uh, the whole <laughs> asthma thing, you know, pro riders needing inhalers during races and... I sat and I thought about it. And so I wrote uh, a little piece this morning um, and uh, I would, I'd sort of enjoy pointing people to that. Yeah. Um, so right. uh, <laughs> the, uh, the title should, should pretty much say a lot uh, if Wada had teeth. Hmm. Yeah. All right. It, 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 it addresses the primary complaint I hear of everyone upset about former dopers and their, their uh, post-racing retirement. All right. I believe I can tell what maybe that uh, is about. Fantastic. Guys, are you ready for the paceline picks? Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go first. Because mine is super short and super easy. It is three words long. 
salted chocolate caramels. Mm-hmm. Oh man, those are good. Where are Patrick? yours from? <laughs> Costco. <laughs> it's, I some neighbors dropped him off his a little uh, uh, Christmas neighbor thing last night, and I mean they they come in the you know bin basically. <laughs> And oh, they are so good. I'm not fussy about caramel chocolate. I am not uh, fussy at all about it. And with a little sea salt on it, oh man. So, yeah. <laughs> I was given yeah. a box on my I, birthday, and so I'm wondering if we're eating the same ones. It may well be. <laughs> I, tell you, I, uh, I wonder why I'm gaining weight during the off season. <laughs> so peculiar. <clears throat> Patrick, what's yeah. your pick? Uh, Bactine. <laughs> um is yours as short as mine are we, well, are we just doing nouns we're, we're giving hottie the space he needs for his pick mine's short too um, uh. so in addition to having a uh uh an event uh with my gastrointestinal system um beginning sunday night um as it happens on saturday afternoon when we were doing my birthday ride um I had a slightly slidey event. I saw uh, pictures. Yeah, I uh, I went down um, <laughs> and uh, slid my face through uh, pine duff, and <laughs> so I'm I'm good. Uh, I I it was very little bloodshed, um, although some some pine duff had to be picked out of uh, wounds. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bactine, it's a great way to clean up afterward. <laughs> and, right. and where did Pepto go? Uh, I didn't <laughs> actually submit myself to that. I was actually feeling so nauseated that I didn't, I was unwilling to take anything in. Yeah. Last time wow. I was like that, I ended up in a bathtub. Just, just the cold <laughs> bathtub, just laying in there. <laughs> oh, wow. So my pick is the bathtub. Do. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, tell us what your pick is. Okay, this is something we've discussed before. This it's an, actually an issue that we've discussed before, and that is the use of uh, slick short films or highlight reels by bike companies to show off their latest product. In addition to placing them on company websites, they get picked up and posted by blogs and magazine sites, big and small. While some view these videos as entertainment, other call others call them an end around on paid advertising. I remain on the fence on this issue. I will say that I can truly be entertained by many of these videos, whether it be a rider hopping on one wheel across a cavern or down a fence line or a series of beauty shots that offer a feeling of bicycle escapism. But I'm also a player in the bicycle content world, and there's a part of me that says, I'd like to get paid, and your hotshot slick video ain't helping matters. The latest of these fabulous pieces of work comes from All City Bikes. They are promoting their new ride, the Electric Queen. It's a do-all hardtail mountain bike with a funky paint job. The bike on its own is pretty hot looking. But the video All City produced to debut the Electric Queen turned that new ride into bona fide bike porn. All City (laughs) produced a video to match the multicolored machine they made. It's six and a half minutes long. It's psychedelic hallucinogenic, and mystical. They're sleepwalking, pill-popping, hookah-smoking, and donut-eating. It has 60s-like special effects and a 70s Led Zeppelin guitar-based theme. There's even a script with some whacked-out dialogue. Let's go to the clip. 
Commander! I can see by your sick moves that you must be a member of the Fellowship of Fantire. Tell me, whom do you serve? I desire to serve the Mother of Shred, the Deity of Dirt, the Sovereign of Singletrack, the Electric Queen. Then to the trails of bandits you must ride. Find the Keeper of Stoke. Be warned, the journey is fraught with peril. Add to that some pretty cool shots of a hippie-looking dude getting crazy on some single track, and you've got yourself some internet YouTube Vimeo buzz. I had fun watching this little flick so much that I watched it twice, so my paceline pick, with some reluctance, is this fine piece of production by All City, The Electric Queen Movie. It gets, hmm. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, Have you seen that yet, Patrick? No. No. Um, All right. Do I well, need we to are like, giving away get free a free advertising first? <laughs> Patrick, tell the other side of the story here, though. I mean, you and I have discussed this before. And RKP has, uh, do you have a policy, is it, about posting these kinds of videos? Like if All City came to you and said, will you run our video, you would say what? Uh, you know, buy an ad. Uh, basically, you know, pay for the space the way you would for an ad. Mm -hmm. Um you know, yeah, my the problem from an editorial standpoint of just posting a video is that it is an ad. It is a, a statement about a product that is entirely favorable, uh, isn't the least bit objective, and it's produced by the manufacturer. It's an ad. It's a pretty ad. It's an ad that's a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not in any way an editorial statement by the outlet. Uh, that is, you know, uh, posting it. And so, yeah, I just, I can't do that. I, you know, right now we have um, a salsa produced video called I Ride For Her. And it's, you know, it's sort of glancingly about salsa, but it is much more about uh, Dirty Kanza and the, what is it, 2014 edition when Yuri Oswald won. Um, the statement I write for her, uh, that became the title is something he said about his, uh, wife, Vanessa, as she was recovering from cancer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are circumstances where I could make an, ex an exception, sure. but, um, by and large, uh-uh. Yep. And, and the main thing, the main reason why is, you know, they're replacing revenue. They're, they're still getting their publicity without, without the, now they, they, put some money out to make this thing but i'd imagine it's a lot cheaper than going out and buying the various blog sites and magazine sites you would need to get the same type of publicity so that's where i'm conflicted too i mean i'm with you on that patrick i love as a consumer as somebody who who loves bike porn and loves looking at bikes i, I eat these videos up but on the same token i go damn wish they'd buy some space once in a while wish they'd sponsor the pace line mm, yeah that'd be fun <laughs> guys if you're listening no <laughs> guys if you're listening now that we've given you five minutes of free publicity <laughs> why don't oh man I, I tell you what i love our i love our podcast <laughs> so <laughs> we are so random we and are. so much fun uh and educational too but you know what i think that is going to be a wrap for this episode of the pace line we have a couple tandem episodes coming up, one right after Christmas, another one right after the new year. And while Hottie will be gone next week, Patrick and I will be here just doing our level best to do okay without, uh, without Hottie's guiding hand. 
So we won't be leaving you hanging. And uh, if you haven't been to iTunes to rate and review us, please do. We're going to, you know, you know what we had to do, guys? Hmm. We had to give something awesome to someone who gives us a truly great review. I have a Silka Premio seat roll, in fact, just sitting fresh in a wrapper. I'm going to give to the next person who leaves a super awesome review between now and uh, let's say August, uh, no, August 11th, uh, January 11th, when we're all back together. I just created a contest. What do you think of that? Mm, I like that. Why not? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, okay. So for Hottie and for Patrick, I'm Fatty. Happy holidays from the Faceline. Oh,